influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to A. Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's A. Thompson. And we are live on a Wednesday evening for the solo show. Uh, welcome, welcome. If it's your first time listening, um, you're very welcome here. Pull up a pull up a pew, grab yourself a beer, grab yourself a wine, or a cheeky G and T, or a, if you if you're going past M and S, grab yourself a. Well, I was about to say porn star martini. It's not a porn star martini if you buy it from Marks and Spencers. Then it becomes magically <laughs> and inoffensively. Then it becomes a passion fruit martini. They do not do porn stars in Marks and Spencers. You will be devastated to hear. It's not something they're into. Um, but yeah, you could grab one of those. Or uh, I'm I'm actually quite partial at the moment to. Do you guys know Brixton Brewery? I can never say that word properly. Like brewery, I always feel like I've got one too many R's in there, or or a complete absence of Brixton Brewery. It's like when a posh person speaks and they drop the R. You know, they go like, "Yo, you, 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 you ruined it. You ruined it, Rupert." That sort of, you know, Brixton Brewery. Maybe I'm letting my inner posh guy out. Uh, maybe I've I've truly made the shift from my council estate roots into just full-on like upper middle class ruined it Rupert. anyway um if it's your first <laughs> if it's your first time listening to this you you probably think what the fuck is this i thought this guy talked about politics what is he t- like talking about rupert and posh people and his accent what like get on with it yes okay i will just bear with me um yes if, if it is your first time listening uh, this is a twice-weekly show. It's called Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. This is episode 171. 171 of these motherfuckers now. Sometimes it's just me ranting, roasting, ridiculing, whatever's in the news, uh, politics, uh, dystopia, that sort of vibe. Um, and sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I'm joined by somebody like Marina Perkis, who I don't know if you saw she was in the news today. I mean, she was on the news, like GB News. She was on last night. And uh, uh, she went head to head, mano a mano, with uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Don't know if any of you guys saw that. It's quite interesting. Um, it was also quite interesting witnessing the reaction to that interview. This is only really going to make sense to you if you watched it, if you listened to it, or whatever. But it was. Let, let me run you through it very quickly. So Marina Perkis, as as a uh, as a habit, does not go on GB News. Uh, and I think that's the right decision. I think if you if you go on things like if you're if you're super early on in your career or you're you know, you really want to be booked on places uh, or it's you know, it's about exposure for you, then fine. You know, do do what you need to do. That's great. I, I probably would do it myself. I'm just going to put that out there because I'm trying to sort of grow whatever the fuck this is. And anything that I can do to make that happen, if it helps me sitting opposite somebody and essentially calling them a cunt, but, you know, probably not pre-Watershed. But, you know, if that helps it, then great. Um, But I think generally, like for somebody of Marina's stature, if you like, somebody who has already been on TV, myriad number of occasions or whatever, uh, for somebody who has been on Good Morning Britain and Jeremy Vine and has appeared on international shit, she's been on like American TV, I would have said... 
I don't know if you need to, you know, but I respect her decision to go onto that show purely to sort of sit opposite that fucking haunted penny farthing motherfucker and just serve him up a cold dish of truth. Do you know what I mean? I think that was a that was a good move by her. And by all accounts, I, th- I think it was, um, what's her name? Naomi Smith from Best for Britain, which is a, a sort of uh, like a lobbying organization on the left. And it's very sort of, you know, pro-Remain, very uh, Euro friendly. Um, she appears a lot on a couple of other podcasts I listen to called um, uh, Oh God, What Now? And I think she's appeared on The Bunker. I might be talking out my ass a bit, though. But I saw that she mentioned this morning that she had also advised uh, Marina not to appear on GB News. And now, interestingly, both of us have now sort of like in retrospect, like, actually, no, do you know what? I, I was definitely wrong. there. <laughs> like, that was a good move because it was so delicious to see somebody like Jacob Rees-Mogg, who is so very, very rarely challenged, in my opinion. To see somebody in his natural habitat sat behind a GB News desk, unchallenged uh, and confronted with facts and stats and cold, hard reality. And uh, and I thought it was really interesting the way that people reacted to it. Because this morning when I watched the clip, because like, I've got two kids, man. Like I'm in bed at about half eight. And if somebody sends me a WhatsApp, which they did, <laughs> to say like, you have to turn on X right now. Or, oh, don't miss this. It's on at 10 to 10 tonight. I'm like, fuck you. I've been up since like 4 a.m. I'm not watching it. The only thing I'm watching is the inside of my eyelids at that time. I don't need to watch anything. I'll catch up with it tomorrow. And catch up with it tomorrow, I did. When I was watching it this morning, it was nine minutes long. And I was watching this when I first woke up. And it was surgical. It was an expert. I, I can never remember. If it, is it abject lesson or object lesson? <laughs> uh, whatever that phrase is, it was that. In uh, affording truth, affording debate to somebody who, as I mentioned, is so very rarely challenged on matters. And the the reaction, so my reaction first, let's start with that. My reaction was, wow, Marina really fucking handed his ass to him. <laughs> you know, and I get, you know, I'm a little biased. I know Marina reasonably well, you know, from WhatsApp chats. And, you know, we've met up a couple of times and uh, and obviously we share similar political sensibilities. So to some extent, I'm going to be biased. I accept that. However, in my mind, in my perspective, I would have said that was a pretty open and shut case. You know, every time Reese Mogg tried to say X, Marina was right there with a fucking example, a stat ready to deliver him a freshly sealed envelope of, of Y to his X, if you like, right? You know, she literally like she called him a con man. She uh, she took his accusation or uh, suggestion that uh, that it was the left perpetuating the culture war and threw that back in his face because it is so obviously a product of the right of the political landscape. It just fucking is. I don't see how anyone can argue that differently. It is the right who come out with shit like stop the boats. It is the right and certainly the right wing newspapers who get all het up about statues of slave owners and the poppies and the proms 
It is the right of the political landscape who wheel out this fucking nonsense. It is the left. I always say this. It's the left who have the logic. It's the left who are like, what are we going to do about the cost of living crisis? What are we going to do about universal credit? How are we going to fix schools? Why are you closing that A&E department? It's the left who have the substance and the right who go running to symbolism every fucking time. And Marina was 100% right to throw that back in his face and say, no, this is you guys that are doing that. You are a con man. And every time she served up another plate of cold, hard reality, he changed the subject. So to me, open and shut case. I don't see how it's even up for debate. If, if I was on the side, if you like, if I was a pure and whole subscription to the right wing of British politics and I saw that, do you know what I would do? I'd probably keep my mouth shut for a few hours. That's what I would do. Do you know what I wouldn't do? I wouldn't go on Twitter and then pretend it was the precise opposite of what it clearly was. And I'm not even exaggerating. There were people like quote tweeting the video and then like in the quote saying like, what amazes me is how anybody could watch this and come to the conclusion that Marina won this quote unquote debate. It's stuff like that. People saying like, I don't see how anyone can watch this and think that Marina came off well there. Are you out of your fucking mind? Here is Marina goddamn Perkis sat in a chair taking every time he bats something at her. She just calmly takes it, plays with it like a little kitten and throws it back in his face. And an army of people are right there behind her saying fucking yes. Get in Marina. Right. And yet still. These apparently clueless people, you know, lit clueless in the truest sense, who, who could not have watched it, are there quote tweeting it going, well, I don't see how anyone could think she came off well, a vile, angry, shouty woman. <laughs> I, there was an Express article about it as well, by the way, um, that she shared earlier. Uh and it said something about, I mean, I'm sort of quoting her tweet where she was talking about it, but it said something about like how she was abusive to him. <laughs> Which is like, oh, oh, fucking really? It's, that's where we're at now, is it? Like only, yeah, like five, six days ago, everyone was like, well, sounds like these bloody civil servants are a bit soft, you know? Sounds, sounds like they were just given a little bit of stern feedback. Sounds like they were, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes people like Dominic Raab are a little bit, you know, a bit hard on people. But that's what a boss is. Sometimes it takes a bit of balls to get the best out of people. Don't cry about it. Don't cry if you're given some hard feedback. And a matter of days later, everyone's like, oh, Marina, that was, that was abusive. You should be ashamed of yourself. This poor man, this poor, delicate Victorian size four brunette. What is to be done with you? Come here, Jacob. A little cuddle for Nanny. So anyway, that was fun. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, watching that, I, I mean, I literally came from both balls watching that. Like, GB News became pornography for me watching that. Oh. It was an awkward five minutes this morning. Girlfriend rolled over. I'm literally, you know, 
mid-climax, like, what the fuck are you watching? Uh, cheapy news, actually. Oh, okay, that's weird. <laughs> anyway, what else is in the news? Let's get into this, guys. Um, so Hugh Pill. Hugh Pill. It's a weird name, isn't it? Uh, a lot of people kicked off about Hugh Pill. Uh, he's the chief economist of the Bank of England. Uh, and everyone kicked off about him yesterday. Uh, Hugh Pill. I love saying his name. Um, and he's exactly what you would imagine, by the way, as a chief economist at the Bank of England. He's this sort of slightly overweight, white, double-chinned prick. You know, I mean, like he, he doesn't look quite as gaminous <laughs> as some of them. But, you know, he's, he's in the neighbourhood, right? He's fit for the role. I think, of, you know, out-of-touch, stuffy, overfed white guy in a suit, right? He's, you know, and, and to be fair to him, like, he's not, he's not quite as detached and ignorant as some of them, you know? He's not like, he's not like one of these people who's like, well, just work harder then, plebby. Get, get a job. Get, get two jobs. I, I've got a second job for, for a, a global investment, and asset management company, and they pay me £50,000 a year to do fuck all, except uh, except uh, uh, introduce them to decision makers within government who can who can make them rich by, by contracting them uh, outside of a tender process. I've got three of those external consultancy board roles, actually. So with the, you know, with my MP shit and that, uh, you know, it's, it's four in total. You can't get off your arse and work a couple of nights in KFC as well as your second job? I've got four. You can't get two jobs on top of your 15-hour days as a nurse. The fuck is wrong with you? See, this is the problem with Brits today. Nobody's got any work ethic. The Brits are amongst the worst idlers in the world, etc., etc. No, he's not that bad. Hugh Pill. He's not that bad. But if you had, if you had to cast a character like in a movie that was like that, you could probably cast him, you know? He's got the, he just looks the part. Like, he's got the chin, man. <laughs> like, that's that's the thing. Like, the you know, the, the fat 50-year-old white guy chin. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, just you know, gobble, gobbling away, you know? But yeah, anyway, look, he's not, he's not that bad. He's not saying, work harder, plebby. But he is saying, get used to being broke. He, he is saying... People just need to accept that they're poorer now, which. Look, when when you're the chief economist of the Bank of England and it's your job to keep the economy running smoothly, right? Keep inflation at bay. I don't know, like for me. It feels like a bit, I don't know, a bit quitter, <laughs> doesn't it? It feels like chucking in the towel, I think. It's like, you know, motherfucker, you had one job. Can you keep inflation down? Can you keep the economy safe? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, cool. Oh, oh, hey, look, the economy's fucked and inflation is out of control. This was on your watch, so what are you going to do about it? Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, get, get used to being broke, I guess. Like, what? Like that's that's it, really? Yeah, yeah. Just um, you know, get get used to shit going up in price by you know ten percent, uh, and then ten percent again, 
Uh, and then a few months later, an, a, another ten percent. Well, c- can I ask for more money? Uh, what? No, 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 no. You, you, you'll just make it worse if you do that. Okay. Um, worse than the the other ten times I didn't ask for a pay rise because you said that that would make it worse, but then it got worse anyway. And now I'm selling my niece's bathwater on OnlyFans just to get by. Like worse than that is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Don't, uh, don't, don't ask. For a pay rise because it, it it does cause inflation i see okay i are you sure it's not energy bills because it feels like energy bills to be honest no 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 no, no. it's definitely um it, it, it's definitely pay rises it, it's totally pay rises uh that that would you know I, I suppose it indicate that we had had wage growth over the last 10 years even though that's been completely fucking absent even though it's even though we've had no wage growth for 10 fucking years, somehow, miraculously, people have had pay rises and then that's probably what's causing inflation. Like, the fuck out of it. Oh, man. Cheers, by the way. Like, I was saying this on... Um, I was saying this on TikTok this morning. Like, the biggest increase in my outgoings... It isn't food. It isn't petrol. That's actually come down in price very slightly. It isn't even energy bills. It's my fucking mortgage, man. <laughs> and that comes almost straight from the Bank of England. So, like, if we're, if we're talking inflation and what causes inflation for most people domestically in their households, like when this guy is like, well, we've got to find a way to uh, to reduce inflation. I'm like, yes, we do. But that's you. <laughs> You're doing that. You're making my life incomprehensibly expensive. Do you think you could stop it? Maybe. We, we, we've got to get this inflation down. Oh, well, fucking no problem, Hugh. Just drop the interest rate back down to 2% and suddenly people aren't suffering as much. How about that? I've solved the puzzle. Glad I could help. I mean, look, guys, look, I get it. Right. I do get it. Just just in case there's any any economists listening, let's try to be a little bit objective here, shall we? But the logic is this is how they think about this stuff. The logic is that if you raise interest rates, Yes, it makes people poorer, but then they can't afford that new TV, right? Or £200 on their Tesco shop or the new shoes they were going to buy, right? And so then they spend less. And then the smaller profit in the TV shop and the shoe shop, Tesco, that works its way up to the supplier because then they buy fewer things or, or whatever. And anyway, then Tesco buy fewer things or they communicate to their farmers and they say oh you're going to need to drop the price of this and blah 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 and eventually prices are forced to come down and then they balance themselves against affordability that is the theory but as i've said before <laughs> and i apologize you know to the veterans to the long-time listeners to the to the true influencers as i've said before that shit only works in a domestic model. No, you know, like, like if we're just going to keep hiking interest rates until the cost of natural gas 
on the international market comes down. We might be waiting a while. Because, like, if, if you were Norway or Qatar and you were selling tankers of gas or oil, for that matter, and, and then, like, you know, the UK comes up to you, they, you know, they want to buy their supply that month or quarter or whatever. The UK go, yeah, uh, this time we actually we only want 30 tankers this time because, yeah, like we, we it's a bit embarrassing. We, we, we can't afford the 40 like. Qatar are not going to then say, okay, all right, you know what, like, just just give us what you can, like, give us what you can, we, or, you know, we'll drop the price, you know, you take the 40. Instead of that, they're going to say, fine, okay, here's, here's the 30 that you can afford, and then we'll take these 10, and we'll just sell it to some other place that's also desperate for natural gas, like, everywhere is desperate for natural gas. The price of it is not going to come down. So this whole hiking inflation thing is ridiculous. You're not solving anything, you. You're just making hard-up people more miserable, you fuck. <laughs> you flappy-chinned fuck. You got a chin that looks like the front half of Noah's Ark, you gobbling cunt. If people do lose their homes, right, or climate change washes us away in a flood or something, we should all go two by two into Hugh Pill's chin. Fucking guy. What else is in the news? Because <laughs> I feel like I ranted about Hugh Pill, you know, pretty well this morning already. If you're not on TikTok or Twitter, you know, obviously follow me on there to get the full Hugh Pill rant experience. Every week I, I uh, well, most weeks, well, actually only the last two weeks, I dedicate a video to this week's tap dancing tosser. <laughs> uh, and this week was Hugh Pill. And I have to, you know, he he earned it. Hugh, if you're listening, you earned it. Anyway, what else? What else is in the news? Um, I listened to talk radio earlier. Do you guys ever listen to that? That was fun. Maybe not fun. I don't know what the right adjective is. I I listened to a little bit of um, Julia Hartley Brewer. This morning, I don't know if you're if you're familiar with Julia. Um, if you're not, she is uh, she's probably the third worst person in history. Um, uh, but yeah, in case you're not familiar, you know, standard rap sheet, uh, Tory climate skeptic, autism mocking, mask hating, Brexity twat. Right? She she ticks a lot of boxes. You get the idea. Anyway, I felt a little bit too chirpy and life affirmed this morning, apparently. So I flicked it over onto talk radio. It was around nursery drop off time. And she was interviewing Suella Braverman, right? Pretty cool. Outside the home office. And you might think, you know, or hope or pray that she might, you know, challenge the Home Secretary on the stats and facts and studies that presumably back up this bill, this, you know, immigration bill, they, you know, the thing that they're debating today in the House of Commons and all the, you know, the stop the boats hysteria. Like, you would hope for that. You would hope that Julia Hartley Brewer was going to challenge her on this. But no, this was, it was like fucking... 
like th- this is almost exactly what she said. She she was like, so look, you you get a lot of abuse, don't you? You 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 are one of the most targeted, uh, abused, trolled ministers. You've recently been called a racist. You know, you've you've recently been labelled a, um, a fascist, Nazi fucking racist who vomits out dog whistle sound bites and uh, and, and you try to appeal to the lowest common denominator voters out there in, in the pathetic hope you might win a couple of marginals in the oncoming bloodbath. I mean, I mean, general election. I mean, like, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but that was that was the gist of it. It was like... God, you poor thing, Suella. You get so much flack, so much abuse. How do you cope? (laughs) I mean, there are, you know, there's people getting kidnapped from your fucking refugee children's hostels. They are gone without a trace, like literal kids getting abducted and probably getting funneled into nonce brothels. That's probably happening right now. But fuck them, Suella. Not poor them. Poor you, Sue. How do you cope with the criticism that these sorts of inhumane policies bring to your door? Again, paraphrasing a little bit. She was not as sarcastic as as me. Very few are. But, But yeah, she was like, you know, how do you cope with the abuse that you get? Does it affect you? Sue, does it take a toll? <laughs> and Braverman, you know, like, to be fair, I mean, you know, you'd think if ever there was an opportunity for Suella Braverman to actually, you know, break character and show some empathy, <laughs> you would think, you know, it might be the moment where she gets to portray herself as the victim of the conservative political battlefield right you'd think maybe this might be the moment she sort of yeah she goes yeah i mean it is it is hot you know but neither she or you know pretty patel or theresa may before like none of the home secretaries can ever show any empathy can they it's weird they're always kind of sociopathic or you know hard or you know Partly because it's the job, I guess. You know, you have to look like you take this seriously, like you're not going to take any shit. But it's also partly because when they do give it to a woman, (laughs) they basically give it to the least feminine woman they can find. I'm sorry, but that is true. Well, they're like, they're like, who's this bitch over here? Amy? Oh, I don't know if she's right. You know, she's got lipstick and big tits and she loves kids and animal. Fuck that. That's not what we need. Like, who's this other one over here? Who's that behind her? Oh, that's, um, that's Hattie, sir. Hattie. Yes, yeah. Um, Hattie. Yeah, she, she literally never smiles and she, she busts balls. She styles herself as, uh, you know, like one of the lads. She drinks ale at rugby games and she's tough on crime and immigrants and various other buzzwords. Oh, she sounds just like you, sir. Well, I, w- I was going to say perfect. But, uh, you know, now that you mention the correlation between the two, yes, I, I suppose I am sort of perfect. Like they- Anyway, they never show any empathy is the point that I'm getting at. They always pick somebody who is just, you know, a hard ass, a real ball buster. 
She's just like one of the guys. They never show empathy, these people. But if they did, if they were forced to, <laughs> if they were dragged kicking and screaming to exorcise some feeling, you can guarantee it would be in this culture war setting, couldn't you? Like where they can say how mean-spirited and bullying the liberal left is, or whatever, you know. But to her credit, as I say, you know, she remained just as robotic and sociopathic as you'd expect. So, yeah, I don't know what what she lacks in compassion and integrity and indeed competence. She at least makes up for in consistency. Right. <laughs> What's up to Tim in the live chat? Um, anyway, going back to this. Uh, yeah, this talk radio interview with Suella Braverman. Julia Hartley Brewer. Hartley Brewer was like, so does it affect you, you know, the abuse that you get? And Braverman was like, I just want to be judged on my performance as a home secretary. I'm, I'm focused on resolving the serious issue of illegal migration. And, you know, on and on. On she went with all of her usual sound bites and obfuscations and ridiculousness, you know, because it is ridiculous. Like this bill is about asylum seekers. Yeah. It's about criminalizing dinghies. It's about turning fucking <laughs> turning dinghies into contraband. You won't be able to walk past a beach shop without getting a five stretch by the time they're through with this. This bill is about persecuting desperate people who are paying their last five grand or whatever it is, I heard. It's in the thousands. They pay their last five grand to sit in a tiny boat and pray they don't hit stormy waters. Those desperate people. This bill is about persecuting them. And how, like, you know, when they do arrive in the UK, by any means, is what the Refugee Convention says. Like, they can arrive here by boat or by plane or drone or be delivered by fucking Amazon, whatever the fuck they like. And they can come via any country. They don't have to stop in front. So literally none of this is illegal. But anyway, here she is on national radio and TV now, you know, talk TV and all that. Here is this government minister, the Home Secretary, no less, telling the fine listeners of talk TV that these people are illegal. <laughs> and it's demonstrably false and completely unchallenged. But we all know this already, right? We all know that it's bullshit. We've known for fucking years. It's like from the go home vans to the Britain's full posters to the hysteria around Turkey joining the EU to the Polish and Bulgarian nonsense right back down to stop the boats. It's always the same. A colossal failure of government across basically every industry and office of state. Probably because they're just too busy working out how to enrich their donors, how to secure second jobs rather than actually how to run things efficiently. And then when it does get to the point, right, where when someone might mark their homework for all of this shit, then they're like, whoa, 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 uh, oh, uh, uh, 
Oh, um, where's where's your maths homework, Rishi? Oh, well, I um, uh, uh, I, I thought maths was your thing. Uh, where's where's the homework? Well, I uh, uh, uh look, uh, uh, the, the 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 brown kid ate it. Like that is what this is. It's Tories fucking up, and then when they do get found out, or it's about to bubble up, quick, look over there. Some desperate people in a dinghy, like. And they're being just as shit and cunty to people fleeing Sudan right now, by the way. Like, like just like they were with Afghanistan. Oh, we're, we're going to work night and day to get people out of Afghanistan. How many did you actually save? Uh, about three. <laughs> like, if it wasn't so tragic, it would be fucking hilarious, wouldn't it? We're going to work night and day to get all these people out of Ukraine. Oh, how many white people did you save? Fucking hundreds of thousands. Wow. That is weird. <laughs> what is the difference between the U Ukraine situation and the Afghan? Uh, never mind. Never mind. Quick, look over there. A, a trans person. I like, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into this right now because so much has already been said at the various junctures that we end up in this same conversation this same fascistic shit over and over again but it does amaze me how qualified journalists you know even those who work for the right-wing papers you know like your harry coles your dan hodges your fraser Fucking, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Alison Pearson's another one. Like, all the usual faces, grifters, and mediums of tedium, right? It, it amazes me how they can still look the other way with all this stuff, when it is so obviously <laughs> racist, you know? Like, if I told you 10 years ago, right, if I explained to you, if I took, like... If I mapped out the current government's character to someone from 10 years ago, you know, when the only thing that we had to worry about was austerity, like, Jesus, what a, what a holiday that was. What a picnic. When we only had to worry about losing 10,000 policemen and someone shutting a couple of hospital wards. Like, we, we would look back at society from 2012, like, from now... We would look back at that shit like it's some distant, faraway communist fantasy, wouldn't we? Like, like, wow, you you could get a GP appointment in only three days? Wow. Like, your trains and schools weren't striking every other week? Like, how? how? Like, I don't understand that. That's Like, if I explained to 2012 you that the conservative government of 2023... Like, 11 years ahead, if I explain to you that the Tories of now would be trying to shut down foreign aid <laughs> and trying to withdraw people's legal aid, you know, that 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 people had firebombed immigration centres. Such was the tabloid fueled hatred of refugees. Like, and, and that, you know, people would basically riot in travel lodge car parks if they found out it was housing asylum seekers you know like and that the the uh, home secretary when when told about that civil unrest would just shrug like well yes i i i share their frustrations and that the fucking government had looted about 200 billion from the public and that they were trying to kill off the electoral commission 
2012 you would be like, wow, I mean, they sound um, like, uh, I don't even uh, want to say it, but they sound, they sound a bit uh, fascist. I fucking know, right? Like, But this is the thing, like, don't, don't the right wing grifters in these papers, don't, uh, haven't they cottoned on to this shit by now? How can they look at this sort of behavior, this conduct, this record in government? The desire, the aspiration to disband the Electoral Commission, to accept certain types of voter ID for one age demographic, but not for the other one. How can they look at that as anything other than voter disenfranchisement? And then how can they then still pitch up for work in the morning and go, well, this is the problem with Labour. Like, what the fuck? Aren't people sick of it? Where are the riots, man? The last time I had any faith in the British people, like, you know, rising up and doing, uh, you know, doing what's right. The last time I was sort of proud to be British, if you like, was when, like, do you remember? <laughs> it was a couple of summers ago, maybe, maybe about three or four years ago now. I don't know. But there was a trend that that kicked off i don't know who started it or where, why it stopped it should not have stopped but basically there was this a trend like over the summer one year where right wingers like nigel farage had it done to him tommy robinson had it done to him and i think a couple of others like people would just lob milkshakes at them <laughs> like, i don't know why it's just it's so perfect it's so british because it's just demeaning it ruins their suit that they're invariably walking around campaigning in. It's a silly thing. It's just a milkshake. And yet, without exception, it gets them so riled. And these are the same people who are like, oh, you're getting really wound up about a blah, 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 like a bloody snowflake. Bloody crybaby. You lefties, you're such lily-livered crybabies getting all upset over... Like, and then all it takes is a fucking milkshake. <laughs> missile flying through the air searing through the atmosphere and splash and like and the reason this is at the forefront of my mind is because i was looking for clips of it earlier and uh i saw <laughs> i watched the one of nigel farage and it's so delicious it's so good it's like this guy like farage is in his suit he's out in the street he's campaigning and this guy, he looks about my age, maybe he's in his mid-30s. And um, he just very slowly approaches him. He's got a bit of a cheeky face on him. Like he knows what he's about to do. And he's drunk on the delight of it. He's just really, really enjoying himself. And he just, slow. it's like he's going bowling. Like he just sort of slowly positions and moves a little bit. Further. And then the underarm sort of just tosses this milkshake right to him and farage is instantly angry he's like oh well that was obvious wasn't it you know he's having a go at his security he's like that was a total failure he's so sh fucking shitty with his stuff and it just it, i don't know it amuses me it's like i think there's something quintessentially british about that about seeing someone who's a bit uppity a bit full of themselves brought down a few fucking pegs like with something as silly as a shitty two pound vanilla milkshake you know can we bring that back sometimes people ask me you know would i ever consider standing as an mp 
What would my campaign be like? What would I be up there on the podium demanding of people, trying to incite? What would I what would I do? Well, now you have your answer. Fucking day one, I'd be like, bring back the milkshaking. That was that was the peak for me. Actually, do you know what? We should improve upon it. We should iterate on it the way that we do in tech. You know, you build a product, get it the, the bare minimum that it needs to be for it to go live, ship it out the door, and then you iterate. You add features, you improve things and optimize, blah, 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 right? So that's what we're going to do with this. We're going we're gonna to take the milkshake campaigning from three or four years ago, whenever it was, and we're going to iterate on it, and we're going to swap the milkshakes for eggs, okay? And I know that sounds a bit more base level because actually I think a milkshake is funnier, but I think we should at least consider eggs purely on the basis that then you could make it like a gammon and egg. <laughs> you could call the campaign like gammon and eggs because they're the gammon. You're fucking adding eggs to it. You know, Tim's in the chat saying make it flour. See, I like flour, but there's something funnier about milkshakes, isn't there? I don't know what it is. There's comedic mileage. Like when I used to um, go and see Harry U. Eldridge who's a friend of mine from the comedy circuit. Uh, he's passed away now, unfortunately. Very sad. Uh, uh, but I, I used to go and watch him sometimes uh, in Peckham and then uh, another time at the Comedy Cafe. And he used to do this joke, which I will butcher now. Uh, and uh, But it, it, was, it wasn't even a joke, right? And I'm not being disrespectful to him or his memory. I'm trying to explain the genius... <laughs> of some jokes right some jokes i know this is not political but just fucking indulge me all right uh some jokes are intrinsically funny you can see what's happened with them they've got mechanics there's comedic mechanisms to them they leverage off like metaphor they exaggerate and then switch at the last minute and you thought they were going to say one thing but then they say something completely different and it, it elicits a laugh like there are mechanics and ways that you can generate laughter in your writing uh reliably right but sometimes some people way cleverer than me can write jokes that are just funny and they don't adhere to any like comedy rule and harry u eldridge did one of those like he was a gay guy and uh he he did a joke about how jesus was probably just gay or something because he's like, it was a couple of lazy bits in there. He's like, because, oh, he went, he got hammered and nailed on the same night and he did blah, blah, blah. And then, and then there's just this one line. He's like, goes out with his friends for dinner on a Thursday. Like, and it, like, so there's no real reason why that should be funny. There's no like comedy mechanics in it. But for some reason, it's fucking, I don't know. I'm not doing it justice. I'm sorry. Sorry, Harry, if you're listening to this from heaven, even though you didn't believe in heaven, I've butchered your joke. Um, but I think we both knew that I probably always would if I ever attempted your routines. Um, guys, that's all I've got time for tonight. I'm going to have to jump because I've got two kids and one of them's not very well indoors. And I want to go and check on her. Um, so I will just leave you with this. Uh, it is the Patreon meetup this coming Friday. Uh, if you would like to meet me in person or uh, any of my cohorts, I'm trying to get a few sort of ex-guests, ex former guests who have been on the podcast uh, down for a few beers. We're meeting up in London. You can still get access to that if you jump on the Patreon today. So it's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I-N on the end. Um, that's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. Uh, you get 
Patreon meetup stuff, but you also get first look, first access to the tickets to the live shows, like the one that me and Daddy Price did a few weeks back. Uh, I'm doing another one in July. It's going to have a bit of stand-up, a live podcast. It's going to be a good time, man. Uh, so you get first look at the tickets for that. And it will sell out. So if you want guaranteed tickets, jump on the Patreon. Uh, you also get episodes of the podcast two days ahead of everyone else. So I'm doing this on a live stream right now. But there's only fucking like four of you watching. Uh, so it will go on to like Apple and Spotify. That's where most of you listen to this. Um, but it won't be on there for two days. So if you like getting this when it's still up to date and topical, Patreon is your friend. Uh, also, if you jump on the Patreon, you get named and shamed <laughs> as a supporter at the end. Uh, so big shout outs to. Uh, oh, hold on. Let me just do this in order. Where are we? got to do it like that sorry i've got to do them by tears got to be got to be careful here so my uh my first batch of supporters um uh stuart rogery joseph uh samantha eddie uh anthony ailsa and kerry thank you very very much for continuing your support um then up to my next tier uh silent sarah peter jeff kai alex aaron and then finally to my god tier supporters, T-Rex, Pingu, uh, Mojo Sabian, David, Chris and Bowman. Big doff of the cap to you guys. And thank you so much for joining that uh, that god tier. I've got three tiers on there. So you can join it. Look, it's only three quid a month. So if you can spare three quid a month in the cost of living crisis, that'd be amazing. So you could jump on patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. If you're not in a position to support the podcast... Um, all I would ask is share me around, share me around like the filthy dripping tart that I am. Uh, just copy a link to the podcast episode that you've enjoyed, go into WhatsApp, send it to your mate or uh, your enemy, whoever, I don't know, or a teacher that you can't stand or a colleague that you fucking, you, you want to upset them and you like, they hate swearing. So you're going to send them this episode, uh, just share me around. It helps the podcast to grow. And the best form of marketing is word of mouth. Certainly for me. Um, that's it for me. I will be back. Oh, fuck. I won't be here on Friday. I'll, maybe I'll do another solo episode tomorrow so that you guys have got something over the weekend. Um, but on Friday, obviously, I'll be out meeting the Patreons. So um, uh, until until whenever I get around to it, maybe I'll do it on Saturday. Should I do it on Saturday? I'll do it tomorrow or Saturday. Whenever it is, I'll catch up with you all then. And until next time, stay safe, stay booge, keep it strictly hashtag Binfluencer, and I'm out this motherfucker.